0: Welcome to Romance Roundtable.
1: I'm Jen. And I'm Tracy. We met six years ago in our book club and love nerding out to all things romance and romanticy. We've successfully
0: brought many of our friends over to the spicy side, and now we want to hang out with you too.
1: There's plenty of room at our roundtable, so grab a drink, pull up a chair, and stay a while.
0: Welcome to Romance Roundtable. Hey Tracy.
1: Ancient. Hey <laughs> I'm laughing so hard because the theme music is Hockey Night in Canada.
0: It's <laughs> awesome. It is awesome.
1: And it was it had to be explained to the Texan. I yes. was like, wait,
0: what's this music? And it's, but it's not like, oh, obviously this is hockey music. Right. It just sounds very happy. It you're is just happy. Like, like, you're just like, yay, I'm going to watch some Canadians play hockey. Um, we're not talking about hockey today, so don't worry. Um, but we are. We are kind of a little yeah. bit. We're going to start, we should probably start by talking about what we're currently reading. Yeah. What are you currently reading, Tracy?
1: Well, I just finished on theme the last... Vancouver Agitators by Megan Quinn. He's not... Well, the last one that's out. He's not my type, I believe is what it's called. And was it good? I'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. Had a few irritating things about it, of course. But, I mean, kind of, don't they all? Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. It was good. I think I'm going to give it... I haven't rated it in Goodreads yet, but I think I'm going to go with a four. go four and a half that I don't want to round up to a
0: five because I've gotten really stingy. I... I, yes. I, but it was good. I really have to be, like, careful with my four. And I think we should probably one day do a podcast on how we rate on Goodreads. Yes. Because for me, a five star is, like, I, I was emotionally hooked. And I talk about yes. it to my friends. Yes. And there was no part of the book that I felt, like, was dumb
1: right or even if it
0: was the emotional connection
1: is so strong yes you can't
0: not give it a five yes yes um yeah the book that i just finished reading last night is uh it's called caught up by liz tom ford Mm -hmm. and i know we're talking about hockey romances today this is a it's a, a it's a baseball romance oh i do love those it it was so good i like, one, I cried. Like, and I don't oh. cry in books. I don't... Because, like, the romances, I mean, as much as I love them, mm-hmm. they're quite formulaic. Yes. And And that's part of the reason why I like them so much. But this book, it was... Um, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it when we do um, a baseball show. Because mm-hmm. I really think that there's value in doing a baseball romance show. I fully um, support that. <laughs> but it was... Uh, It was a single dad book, which I don't usually love. Like, I'm not usually a big fan of single dad books. Like It's a tough trope to... It's... Yeah. Because, like, okay, as as a female, I really like... Or even, like, as a person, as a human, I like feeling like I'm the most important person in a relationship. And when you go into a relationship with a single dad, automatically you're number two on his list. Automatically you're number two. And I personally don't want to be anybody's like, I don't want to be second billing to anybody. And so it's hard to pull off that trope. But this one was just like, it dealt with the guilt that comes with wanting to succeed as a parent and wanting to be successful in your own right, Mm -hmm. even though you are a parent. And then being a child and like feeling the guilt that comes from wanting your parents to have a life beyond you as the kid. Yeah. Anyways, it it really pulled on my heart a lot. Um, well, that's and- good
1: because not all sports romances are capable of doing that. No. <laughs> so, no. I mean, I feel like then this one has a lot of promise.
0: Yes, okay. it was... Super good. Um, And then Liz Tom Ford, she's written a number of sports romances. Uh, They're the Windy City series. Okay. Um, And Mile High, number one, is a hockey romance. And that's what kind of pulled me into her. Um, And then The Right Move is Basketball. And okay. then this one was baseball. So she's multi-sport. She she is. And as a result, sometimes, like, you get a feeling that, like, perhaps she doesn't fully understand all the sports. Yeah. She can't talk knowledgeably about it. And that's one of, like, for me, that's, like, a big deal. Like, I really mm-hmm. need to know that you've done more than, than just, like watching a a movie about sports like i need to know that you actually understand the game
1: yes i I like when the author writing the particular sports romance has in-depth knowledge about it whether their husbands told them or their
0: brothers or some, you know, or they watched it themselves for their whole lives. Yes, You can really tell. You can. And and I know we're going to talk about it later when we talk about Megan Quinn or when we talk about baseball, but Mm -hmm. Megan Quinn, like, man, her strength is baseball. Like you get the feeling that she knows Baseball so well, and that is just something that I just love. Yes. Like I don't know baseball well, and so maybe she's talking out of her, her behind. But <laughs> but no, I think she's doing a pretty good job. I think yes. that she's like it sounds legitimate. <laughs> Anyways, so yes,
1: as we said today is hockey romances. Yes, and
0: I'm sure you have a lot to say. I do, I do. Um, so I think um, first of all. Let's um, let's identify what is a hockey romance. Yeah. So in your head, what, what why is you care? Yes. Yeah. Why you like hockey? What you like about hockey romances? Yes. yes. And how are they different from sports romances? Or are they even different from sports romances? Okay. That's so, a good point. Um. So what is your opinion on on that? Okay. Mine is I'm Texan. Yes.
1: We are not known for hockey. No. However, I have a surprise. It's something you don't know about me.
0: No, dun, if, dun, you're dun. Gonna, if you're gonna pull out something exciting, like this is what Tracy does. She's like, oh, she's has- mine. No. You have a Dallas Stars. It's a Mike Madonna jersey. You know what? Mike Madonna was a goalie. <laughs> no. For the- oh, Mike Matt? Madonna? No, he was a goalie.
1: No, he was not. He was. No. Look it up. He was a center. <laughs> For the Dallas Stars, and oh, I know this because I had his poster on my wall. You are joking. in high school, no? But because I know that the Oilers, no. The o- they it do- was like Ed. His, guess who the goalie was the year Mike Modano won the Stanley Cup? Who?
0: Ed Belfour. No, I don't. I know. I promise guys. you. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. You know what? I'm not even gonna bother checking. Checking. I'm just gonna like now. I'm gonna. I feel well, like I need I feel to like give I needed- away. I need yeah. to give away my, like, ho- hockey um, knowledge card. Like, I don't... Yeah, Ed For is a Canadian
1: former <laughs> ice hockey goaltender
0: from Manitoba. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know any of that. Yeah. But I knew that... Okay, so when I was... I mean, way too much information here, but when I first moved to Edmonton um, after university, my roommate was really into ho- hockey and into the Edmonton Oilers, and she... Um, she worked for the Oilers and the Oilers made it to the Stanley cup playoffs, like two or three years in a row. And it felt like they were always paired against Dallas stars for their first series. Yes. And Dallas stars, like kind of, there was like this weird rivalry, like this weird, like it felt like they always kicked up. with our... Edmonton. Yes.
1: Well, I don't... look here. I'm going to amend what I said though. And you're a huge
0: Oilers fan. I n- No, I'm no. married to a huge Oilers fan, and I know enough to hold a conversation to look knowledgeable. I could not write a hockey romance. No, me neither. But I could tell you that I thought Mike Madonna was hot. You know what?
1: I would believe that. Yeah, I thought he was really attractive. And I'm Googling right now because I couldn't remember if he was a center, like a right wing, and honestly, it's not telling me. But I just thought he was really, I don't know. So... My grandmother lives in Dallas and Uh gave me this jersey one year for Christmas because I would watch all the games by myself at my house. Like, I taught myself hockey.
0: No, you did
1: not. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I taught myself hockey watching it on, like, ESPN or Fox News, Southwest, Fox Sports, South, Fox Sports, Southwest, (laughs) That's a tongue twister. It, it is. So anyway, I watched it and she gave this to me for Christmas one year. And then the next year for Christmas, she didn't know how she was going to top it. So she surprised me by taking me to a game. <gasps> and it was so fun and so exciting and still one of like the best surprises I've ever had. Just because I was just like, oh my God, I was in high school and I had collected, oh, my aunt back when they were in the Stanley Cup playoffs and then the year they won. She saved all like the newspaper clippings. And so she would like mail me all the Dallas stars newspaper clippings from, I guess it was 1996. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm getting old, but anyway, that whole year, I thought they won in 99.
0: Maybe they did. I don't have no idea.
1: Um, so I had like a weird fascination, like, you know, I don't know.
0: I I feel honestly, Tracy, like you, you win. You get to be the hockey fan. I, I have just been, like, hockey fan adjacent my whole life. So I grew up in a house that was, like, my dad plays hockey, played hockey, plays hockey currently. And my sister uh, follows the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. And my dad follows the Vancouver Canucks. And then I moved to a city where I met my husband. And he had um, season tickets to the Edmonton Oilers, and he used to bring me when we first started dating. Um, and so, for me, hockey has that, like, weird nostalgic feeling. Yeah. yeah, Like, and then also, it's, like, more... And this is awful. And and <laughs> potentially, like, I could get beaten by all the feminists out there, but it just feels like hockey players are more manly. They're very manly. They're just more masculine than, than, like, a... Baseball player, maybe. Oh, or, I don't know. <laughs> or a football you player. Might lose or, me.
1: <laughs> but I know what you're saying. There's a bruteness to it. Yes! Them that yes. is like, you, you can fight slam in the hockey. somebody against the boards. And it's fast. You can slam me against a board. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And it's just, like, a primal, innate thing we know. Yes. I think that's yes behind this, maybe. I feel like they're having a popular explosion thanks to TikTok
0: or Bookstagram. And, you know, for good reason. Yes. So what was your first hockey romance that you have read that you could, like, identify as being a hockey romance?
1: Maybe. I don't know. Maybe The Deal um and I know it's a new one and my list is mostly comprised oh you know what that makes sense because I have a whole we read
0: them all yes yes I think I feel like I read somewhere it was like edited or re-released I want to say in like 2018 but I think it was written in like
1: 2014 or something oh well I'm
0: outing myself but I just read it this Like, last year. Me too. Me too. And I think that that, for me... Like, I'd read a couple of hockey romances before the deal. And it was just kind of like... You find them and you read them. Yeah, like, 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 nothing stuck with me. No. But then Elle Kennedy... She is... She's Canadian. She's from Ontario. She lives in Ontario. Um, And you talk about people who know sports. Like, she talks... and, And I mean... Again, she potentially is talking out of her behind, but but <laughs> uh, uh, she really like she'll talk about like well they need to like play in the crease and they need to like get out of the the yes. defense zone and icing and then yes. and then there's like one scene see, where I actually do know what all that means yes and there's one scene Jake Connolly I think I can't remember the name of his book Jake Jake Connolly uh, he's in the Briar U okay, series okay I haven't read those no okay. but he goes to play for the Edmonton Oilers. And so thing one, love, love, love when authors use real team names. Yes, That's my favorite yes, thing in the yes, world. yes. two, they're watching like Jake and um, the girl whose name I've forgotten. Um, <laughs> but she's the coach's daughter. Um, anyways, they're watching they're watching hockey on the on the TV in Boston and Edmonton is playing and Connor McDavid makes a goal. Connor McDavid is a real person. I love that. He's a real hockey player. He's like legitimately good. Like people who know hockey would know who he is. Even people who don't know hockey would know who he is. Mm -hmm. Even people who don't follow the Edmonton Oilers know who he is. Um, And so I, I just really, I really liked that. Um, And so that's kind of how I feel like it differs from sports romance. I I also really like the, like, college feel of the hockey romances. Yes, I do. I do have something to say, okay,
1: about that. It's going to get a little salacious. So if you have small children, maybe mute or come back to us in a second. So there is a comment. And right, man, wrong time. Hockey Romance by Megan Quinn. And this comes from silas is the hockey player and he says no guy is good at sex when they're younger none so that's my issue because i'm like of course you have to learn (laughs) how to be what they're saying these little 21 year old boys you know like silas is like 32. So he's older and it makes more sense. He's like a professional hockey player in that series. So when I read all of these, like that's the only issue I take with the L. Kennedys because they're in college. They're in college. And like, that's my issue because those guys are like hot. Like it's really good. So I just sometimes feel like they're way too young for that sort of sexual perfection. And like Dean gets around, but Quantity doesn't equate to quality.
0: No, I would agree.
1: So it's like I really like the books, but the authors they make me forget how young everyone is. But that's kind of my biggest
0: beef with the college. Now that you say that, because I really I'm going through (laughs) like this like uh what is it called? New adult Mm -hmm. era of my life where like same. And so new adult books are like people who are, I think, between the ages of like 18 up to like 25 like they're just like usually they're people in like that age range and so maybe for me reading about it as a 45 year old woman <laughs> like i i just really like 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 to pretend that that was my reality when it was like so far from my reality <laughs> um and, but it's just is like it, it, it's kind of it kind of gives it like a fan maybe maybe it's it's almost like it's fantasy like it's just Pretend like mm-hmm. I'm gonna pretend that these 22 year old boys are like hella cute and hella sensitive, like what the heck. Oh, and right, <laughs> and and then also that they're like really good in the sack. When, yeah, very clearly, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't know. It, I, maybe there there's is... a 22 year old guy who's out there who's well, like got it going on, but the internet
1: has probably and these books helped these. Boys get there faster. Maybe. You know what I mean?
0: Maybe. (laughs) Oh Lord. (laughs) All right. So, um, what would you say that your favorite thing about a hockey romance is? Like, for me, I really like the physicality of like these these like players that they are like strong and then they're capable. And then, um, and then I love that they're like sporty ish and that they seem to have like a really good friend group. And like, and then there's a lot of like banter back and forth with the friends and then they involve and you start to care about the friends and then you start to like, and I just really enjoy that piece of a hockey romance. What about you?
1: Yes, I think uh, when the author does a really good job of building the team, because the sports romance everybody's on a team, you know, the baseball team or the football team or the hockey team, she really pulls, Elle Kennedy has done this and Megan Quinn does this. They pull all the boys in to like this little found family trope, yes. if you will, and the sports team is an automatic build in to utilize the found yes. family. So I really like that. And yeah, I like, I like the athleticism. I mean, my husband played football and baseball and I find him to be a very athletically capable man. And I'm clearly attracted to that. (laughs) (laughs) And I will read all of these sports romances. And yeah, like we said earlier about these hockey men, they just seem to have that extra aggression. Is that the right word? I think so. I think it's some aggression because you know, they're, They'll punch someone out if they offend their woman. Yes. And I don't really think a lot of other sports have that level of fighting. No. That's built in and even expected. Must be all the
0: testosterone. I don't know. Something like that. I think. And then. Yeah. I just really like that. What was. Like, for me, my favorite hockey romance... I, I was, like, going through in preparation for this conversation. I was going through, like, all of the hockey romances that I've read. Like, the first one, probably that I would, like, identify as, like, the hockey romance that I read, similar to you, The Deal, which I read probably about six months ago. And then mm-hmm. that kind of, like, jump-started my, like, hockey romance kind of, like, fan fiction or fan... I don't know, fan... Fandom? I don't know what yeah, it's called. fandom. Um, but... A while ago, probably—actually, it was back in 2021, I read a book called Always Only You by Chloe Liese, and I don't know how to say her last okay. name. Okay. Um, but she is—it it was, again, it was— a hockey team that was actually named and and it it just kind of had that kind of vibe and so that was like the first one that I that I read that I was just like okay well this is this is good but it didn't really jump me um the deal same thing but for me I think my favorite book has to be the Graham effect oh yes like one day I would love to like talk more and maybe now is the time I don't know but I really feel like I feel like it was like it might be the time. <laughs> I think today <laughs> is the time. But but I think that there is a lot of like similarities between the Gram Effect and um, Fourth Wing. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you get me there because I'm
1: not teach okay. me. Okay, teach. so we have
0: Convince two me. main characters who grew up in foster care. Okay. So we've got Zayden and. Ryder, um, so Rider's our main character in um, The Gram Effect Zayden's our main character in Fourth Wing both grew up from like really bad initial stuff like really bad initial stuff, mm-hmm. like really bad initial stuff. Mm-hmm. and then they're with someone who has famous ish parents so Violet's parents in Fourth Wing, her mom is like general her mom is like very senior she kind of lives under the shadow of her mom similarly we've got Gigi and she's got a famous mom her mom is like a singer something or other and then Garrett famous hockey player winner of like a million Stanley cups doesn't Luke's dad also play writer L- that she mentioned his first name is Luke sorry yeah
1: um doesn't his dad also play his dad or is, is in a different... jail. Garrett. You read too many. Sometimes they, <laughs> they blur together. No, no.
0: No. So like writers, <laughs> his dad is in jail. That is yes, correct. Yes. Okay. So his dad's in jail. Back to the parallels.
1: Yes. Pardon the interruption.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so was, then. That was totally pointless. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was good. It was good. So, um, okay. So we've got our two main characters, very similar lives. They are both, like, um, Violet needs help in Fourth Wing to get through her first year. Like, there's, like, there's activities and challenges and things Mm -hmm. that she needs. And she forms something of an uneasy reliant alliance between Zayden. Like, they're just, like, she needs his help for certain things. Um, And he, uh, we find out later in Iron Flame, that he's obligated to help her out. And he needs to he needs to provide that assistance because he's got like this weird relationship with her mom, which I think is also a really good parallel because Ryder wants something desperately mm-hmm. from from Gigi's dad, and yes. so so then there's that, and then we've got. I, I feel like I'm doing a deep dive here, but I just no, this is like this is, this, like, this is a, that's why we started a podcast <laughs> so we can
1: totally just
0: go for it. Yes, so then and so then we've got Zayden is similar in, like, how he conducts himself sexually, I think. Maybe that's Uh, why I love both of those books. Okay, so Zayden is just, like, he's very similar in how he conducts himself sexually as uh, Ryder or Luke Ryder does. Mm -hmm. And and so he's like, listen, I want you. I want to be with you. I don't want a relationship. And that's kind of how he starts off. And also he's like... Like, he's not really good at, like, feelings. He's not really good at that kind of, like, he's just really kind of closed off. And Ryder is the same way. Like, he's just, like, really quiet, really closed off, really silent, but then really good at expressing himself in the bedroom, which I am here for. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, yes, I loved it. He
1: was so quiet, like... And then he's dirty talking. She's like, this is the most I've ever heard you talk. And he's like, this kind is easy. Like, this type of talking with you is easy. Yes. And it just spews forth because he's so into her. Yes. And it
0: just really felt like a fourth wing vibe. Like, it felt like L. Kennedy read fourth wing and was like, what if it took place on the ice? Um, You made a lot of very good (laughs) points. Because on the surface, I have a thing.
1: Like the morally dark gray men are my type. Yes, they can brood, they can be quiet, but yes. then they always dirty talk yes. every time. Like yes. this is my type. Yes, and so now that you're making even more parallels, I'm like, well, there was like even more connecting yes. threads. Yes, so why these were in my top two books last year? Yes, just of the whole year. Yes, yes, because and- that male archetype that they both utilized was excellent. Yes. And then, yeah, there were, there's a lot more parallels because on, I, on surface level, I didn't see
0: how you were getting there. I, but I yeah. think because for me, I finished off fourth wing, I did a reread of fourth wing. I did a reread of fourth wing. And then I did a reread. Like I just, those two books I've done, like similar to you, like they were close to my favorite books. Like even now, like right now when I'm like in between books, when I'm like frustrated with a book, when I'm like, like whatever, when there's something going on, I'm like, you know what, let's let's see what's going on with Luke Ryder and Gigi. Like, like, where did I leave off? And I'll read a chapter and I'll be like, man, they're, those kids are so cute. And and so and I get like, okay, they're 22 years old or 21 years old, there's also like a bit of like, there's not a fourth wing or a fourth um, act breakup at the end. But Thank there is... Yes. Thank goodness. I I know you don't like a fourth act breakup. No. It just feels so drama-y, you know? like And at this point, when it happens in the book, I don't
1: feel anything. No. I think, oh my God, here we go. Yes. And I'm just going to like skim read yes. everything that's happening to get to the part where they get back together. Yes. I prefer when a more creative drama solution, because you have to have... Yes. You have to have some drama. There has to be villains or whatever. Yes. But I I like a more creative solution. That one is so
0: overutilized and I'm over it. Agree 100%. So there isn't a fourth act breakup. There's uh, something of a surprise. There's a little bit of a tension thing. Mm -hmm. Don't know for sure if we're sharing spoilers, but... We could always say spoiler alert. Yeah. Okay. And then fast forward a few
1: moments. Yeah. If you don't want to hear Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously I think any time that we're gonna chat about books, if you haven't read them, you are opening yourself up to spoilers on yes. a podcast. I would agree. It's all yes. reviews and discussions and in-depth theories, so... Okay. I think that it's safe to assume a podcast about books is full of spoilers. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Agree. Alright, so I would say... So, they get married. They go to Las Vegas and they get married. Um, and it's kind of like... Like, it's presented in a way that they, they thought it through. They don't rush into things. They were in Las Vegas. They got a license. They went back the next day, and then they got married. But, and here's my problem with the book. So, it's revealed, one, that he didn't buy her a ring. Like, at no point. They're in Las Vegas. And mm-hmm. he doesn't get her a ring, even That's though true. they got a license the day prior, the yeah. day prior. And then they go the next day and then they get married. That is true. And it's not like, I feel like they're the type of people, or at least I think Gigi is the type of person that would want to celebrate her love in a more public way. And she was never embarrassed to tell her parents that she was dating Luke Ryder when they started seeing each other seriously. Mm -hmm. She was never embarrassed to tell her parents that he was helping her when she needed kind of help behind the crease. Um, (laughs) And and she was never embarrassed to, like, tell her dad that he was going to be the bun that she wanted him to pick for, like, this hockey school that he picked. So I just really felt like them getting married... While believable, like, I could believe that they would decide to get married. I I couldn't see that her mom wouldn't be invited because by that point, uh, Ryder has this really great relationship with Gigi's mom. True. Um, Or his brother wouldn't come because Owen McKay is a hockey player in Dallas. And... (laughs) Um, I know, I loved that little bit. (laughs) And, um... And so he he um, he would have come as well, and I just really felt like that wasn't it. Didn't feel real. Um, but I will say that I I would have preferred the wedding over a fourth act breakup. That, that yes. I would have been annoyed by that.
1: Yes, I was actually shocked. It really surprised me. I agree. because especially the way Kennedy presented it. At first, they made a joke about getting married. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if we like got married in Vegas? I don't remember the exact yeah. line and I don't have a physical copy of the book with me. And you were like, you just kept reading. Yeah. It read as if they just kept going about their time. And then it reveals itself to you.
0: Like where <laughs> like, she's like, that's my wife on the yeah. ice.
1: Like, And you're like, what? How,
0: how is that your yes. wife? Yes.
1: <laughs> and he's charging and Gigi's dad is furious. Yes. And you it was a stun. It was it was a stun. And that to me is so much better than the fourth act breakup. Yes. Because there was shock, there was some drama because her parents were not aware. Yeah. And her dad already was kind of like ah, about things. Yep. And you know, Luke had been in the process of winning him over. Yes. So it created all this new tension in those dynamics without us having to see our main characters suffer. I don't wanna feel sad at the end of a book. I'm, in, I'm invested. And I think that's different than a cliffhanger. Yes. A cliffhanger in a, in a fantasy or romanticy, you know there is another book coming and you can be crushed by a cliffhanger, but it doesn't take you all the way down and then immediately pick you all the way up and be like, okay, everything's totally fine. I'd rather a middle of the book breakup
0: Mm. if there's going to be a breakup yes that fourth act that's what i forced i struggle with the megan quinn books because she's the queen of the fourth act breakup yes
1: i will say the hockey the vancouver agitator series we'll talk about the baseball series when it's time for that one but a lot of those books they will break up and then there's like a six year age six year gap and i hate that and then you have to wait or three years whatever for these people to connect again at the very end of the book. So that was, I don't think she got a lot of positive feedback because she quit doing that. So I like to think (laughs) we all influenced that decision. (laughs) So this didn't have that. Um, And in fact, I liked a lot of aspects of this series. There was an age gap romance that was good. And I don't typically like those. No. Somehow it worked. Yeah, the girl was in college and Silas was the professional hockey player and they had a fake dating trope to help each other out out of desperation. And somehow the age gap worked. I think I liked it because he was properly humiliated by what he was doing. He was like, oh, my gosh, I'm 32. She's 19. This is horrifying. Or I don't know. Maybe she was 21. I think she was drinking at a bar. So she was not 19. No, she's in Vancouver. She's oh. in Vancouver. The legal drinking age in Vancouver is 19. You know, I should have taken a better it's note okay. on that. But my point is, it's a gap. And he was humiliated. And when his teammates found out, they were mortified. Like, they were gas like, what? So I think because it was immediately acknowledged, like, this is a lot, I don't. it set a different tone. Does that make sense? Yes. It set a different tone yes. other than let's not, let's pretend like this isn't really a big age gap. When in reality, that's a pretty big one. Yes. That's a pretty big one. So I don't know. That one worked. And then I loved the last one I just read, the he's not my type. By then, the first one in the series was okay. The second one, but you know, she was building a world of this team. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I that struggles yeah. You know, to set up. And then also it was insta-love, which eh, uh, I like the tension. Yes. And there wasn't really much tension. So that kind of wasn't my favorite. The second I skipped flat out because it was pregnancy trope. And you don't like a pregnancy trope. Maybe you can find some for me that will change my mind. But I usually
0: need more
1: to bring them together. Than getting knocked up.
0: I would agree. I, I also do not love a pregnancy trope. Um, I just feel like like I remember there was a period of time where I was like, I really would like to read a good pregnancy trope. And I read like four pregnancy tropes in a row, trying to find one that was good. And they're just like the problem is that you've got nine months to like forge a connection. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know, I mean. Like, and a lot of it is, like, forced. Yeah. And then also, because I'm a mom, I know how personally awful it is to be (laughs) pregnant. And and so, I can't imagine trying to have or start a relationship with somebody while I'm, like, emotional and cranky and bloated and constipated and annoyed at the world and sweating and got acne. Like, I just, I can't imagine trying to forge a relationship with a new person in that kind of setting yes yes so that was book two book three was the age gap good
1: recommended it i think i maybe gave it like three and a half stars round up to Mm -hmm. four i'm not sure and then book four was this last one and it was the heaviest um of what i have read now reading book four i loved the characters that threw back to the book i skipped. Everything about those two characters in the pregnancy trope book that I did not read, they were solid, really good, the strongest supporting cast members in this one. Um, and I think there's gonna be one more book in this series. But this one was the heaviest. Um, it brought a lot of a lot more emotions. You know, starting in book one, that this character had lost his twin brother and had kind of retreated into his shell emotionally. And so you you knew going in he was gonna be you know he was going to have a lot to deal with and unpack he also another common theme i think i like he is also quiet and then behind closed doors totally very filthy and loquacious (laughs) it's (laughs) great (laughs) so and this one actually made me laugh the most i do think sometimes when they do extra cheesy things trying to be funny It's not funny. No, it's not. And there was a scene in here with like a bonsai tree. Wasn't that funny. But then there was also like... A riff off Ted Lasso jokes. Did you ever watch that show? Yes, so so good. like they called themselves like instead of like the Diamond Dogs, they were like frozen fellas, a symbol <laughs> <laughs> And that's how like they were calling all their hockey brothers together to help take care of him, like in his low time. And I thought that was really cute. Yeah, so I don't know. Like it was it was hard. And then it, it didn't take a fourth act breakup, but there was fourth act intense drama that was almost unbelievable. It was so far. I I struggled. I guess I can talk about it. because I think we're he, saying you should. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah, we're saying spoilers. Yeah. I haven't read this series, okay, but so I will. His brother was an alcoholic and did a bunch of shots at a bar, drove home drunk, hit a tree and died. The mother blamed the twin because she said you weren't taking care of him. The wrong twin died. Oh, <gasps> Yes. Oh my god. And gosh. I just can't imagine how a mom could in her right mind see that one child was an alcoholic and blame the responsible one for his death. I thought that was completely unfair. And it got even worse because his dad, there was like big family estrangement. Mm-hmm. There was also a third brother which he reconnects with him in the epilogue. Love that. But the dad died and the mom didn't even call the Halsey, the character didn't even call him and tell him. And I thought this is pushing it. I can understand if he was sick, maybe, and you find out he had cancer later, but actually dead? You blame your son and you're so bitter you didn't let him go to his father's funeral? I find that to be crazy. Yes. Yeah, it was just too much to the point where I didn't have any emotional connection to the drama because it went too far. Yes, it went too far. So obviously he had to heal from that and his, Blakely, his love interest was crucial, and his found family. The boys really rallied around him, and all of that was just really heartwarming. So out of the whole series, definitely felt the most with this one. Well,
0: that's good. Okay, so some other hockey romances, um, besides the L. Kennedy and the Megan Quinn that we've been talking about, I think um, on BookTok slash TikTok, gotten a lot of traction is Hannah Grace. She's got Icebreaker and Wildfire out now Um, and they are both like solid three, four star books like really good. A little bit longer than I would probably want them to be. Mm -hmm. Um, A little bit more of a time commitment but characters are really good. I mean they're university students so probably need um, a little bit more experience. Yeah Um, I mean it's true. (laughs) It is. It is. Um, although they seem to have what it takes in the book. Um, as, <laughs> um,
1: um, well, if they didn't, they wouldn't be selling.
0: No. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a romance novel where? neither character knows what they're doing and nobody has a good time. No, and I believe that's called a coming-of-age story.
1: It's <laughs> <That is laughs> not a romance No! Novel.
0: No. <laughs> no, that would be, like, the worst. I'd be like, what am I reading? Yeah. That
1: um, is do-not-finish, for sure.
0: <laughs> yes, agree. Um, also, I read Pucked by Helena Hunting, and you talked a little bit about finding a joke that just like maybe was funny or like kind of overusing a joke or mm-hmm. overusing something. And, and there is a lot of that in Pucked. Like there's one joke that she just really kind of seems to, to hit hard. Um, also, I read um, Tony Alio, I think it's A-L-E-O. I don't know how to say her last name. Mm-hmm. My apologies. Um, but she has a Nashville team and I, I wasn't in love with this series, but I think it, it's an older book. It was written in 2011. Okay. So it was kind of like on the forefront of this like hockey romance kind of genre. So I, I think that she deserves like a shout out, um, especially if you're gonna hit the historical stuff. Sure.
1: I'll go back some other books not mentioned in the L. Kennedy series. Um, the second one in the series was called The Mistake. I, it was not my favorite. I would recommend it and liked it, only because again, in college, John Logan knows what he's doing. Yes. So I feel like the steam factor was enough to give that maybe a three star. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what I rated it. Um, the epilogue caught us up on Garrett and Hannah from the deal. So that was really enjoyable. But there was one thing about that book that I hated with every fiber of my being. And that was how Now I didn't read the audiobook. So what I'm about to say may not have sounded this way, but it, she called him Johnny instead of John. Or just Logan, like most people. And I heard Johnny every time I read it. And I couldn't
0: stand it. (laughs) Really? For me, it sounded like in my head like Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Like when she's like calling to him, like when baby. So I've watched Dirty Dancing like an embarrassing number of times. (laughs) And... Um, and so, baby is Francis, and she she calls to him, and she, it's like in the pouring rain, and he turns around, and it's like the to the tune of "Hungry Eyes." It's all exciting. Um, it's a beautiful moment. It is. Yes. Um, and she's like Johnny, and that's kind of how I heard it, which is okay. not less, not not whiny, but more like a uh, like a plaintive "I love you" sort of. Yes feel to it. It didn't That's bother better. me. It didn't bother me.
1: In, in my head, it was so whiny and nasally. And I struggled. <laughs> I really did. Um, but then we had Dean's book called The Score. And it's number three in that series by L. Kennedy. And I loved it and did not expect to. I thought the opening scenes are just not what I was thinking I wanted to read because I knew he was going to end up with somebody else. So I didn't really want to read about him being with two other women at the same time, knowing everything was about to collide and the girl he's going to be with is walking in the house and they're going to have a love story. I just wasn't sure where it was going to go or how she was going to, I don't know, but it it worked. I thought both those characters were fantastic and so much more than had been portrayed in previous books of the series. Um, so it kind of felt like a dark horse of that series for me because I thought I wasn't going to like it. Because just
0: who we thought Dean was is not who he was. Yes. And it, it just worked. I really liked the ending that Dean got. like, And I liked his parents. Like, He was like, I'm rich. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. And But my parents love me. And I've had yes. a really great childhood. And they support me. And I'm going to become a lawyer, not because I'm forced to, but because it seems like the most logical solution for me and then when he changed to like I'm going to coach kids yes it was like it wasn't something like cuz I think a lot of times when you read a book like this it's like you you expect the character especially a character from a well-off background or from a like who's got parents that are wealthy or parents who are lawyers that they're going to that they're going to have this like that there's going to be like this problem with the, the child switching majors or doing something totally different. And I just really loved that he was like able to make that pivot without it being yeah. a big deal. And that his parents were supportive. Yes. And I was super attracted to the fact that he was smart. Yes. I loved that. Yes. i just, I, and you
1: sometimes, you know that they're, I don't know. They don't always focus on a athlete being academically smart in mm-hmm. a sports romance. So I liked that it was, clear like hey he's smart yes because I think readers like smart men yes so it's it was
0: nice to see that yes I would agree a thousand percent regarding the like hookups at the beginning of the because Elle does that a lot I, yes like, I speak to it's her, kind it of if, stressful to me really I love it oh my gosh do you yes. I also hated it with Garrett I know Garrett like, and then when she oh. walks in and I'm like and he's all like but they are athletes. Yeah. For sure, they're going to get around. That, for yeah. sure, they're not celibate wandering around being like, I'm saving myself for the right woman. Like, right. They're, they're not. college athletes, big man on campus. Yes. Like, it's and, true. And likewise, I love that L writes female characters who also aren't saving themselves for marriage. And they're not, they're, they're getting around too. And it's just like, like, Yes, let's normalize. Like, let's normalize that. Like, let's make it be okay. I think um, my issue is I emotionally I put
1: myself in that female's position. Like, walking in, I'd probably be grossed out like yes. Allie, but then also I think when she's like falling for him later, how could she not have that visual in her mind of what she saw? And you know what I mean? I and guess. <laughs> I guess it just that's what stresses me out about it. How could she just not replay that in her head? Because I don't know of a single, like, young college girl who wouldn't do that. I don't know. Maybe they're different now than they were back then. <laughs> <been. laughs> in the olden days. <laughs> but all of my friends would have, I think that would have been a thing. It, it, for sure it would have. Yeah. For sure it would have. So that's
0: my that's
1: my beef with it.
0: Any other books that you want to? There was a pregnancy trope one. Oh well, I didn't read read it. It? No, you didn't. (laughs) No, no, it was good. It was Tucker's book, right? Tucker and Serena, I think, or Sabrina. Okay, so yeah, I think it's Sabrina. Yes, yeah, they. I I liked it. I liked it. He was very. I mean, like it wasn't. It's still a pregnancy trope. I know she's still a hot mess. Yeah, and he still puts up with her. Um, I. I did not hate it, but I, it's not, it's not one of my books that I reread. Okay. And I think one other thing that I would really love to talk about briefly is him and us. Uh, L. Kennedy did a joint writing um, with Serena Bowen, who I don't know who she is. And I feel like I would like to read some of her books, but Mm -hmm. it was, him was a five star for me. Oh, really? It, it was so good. Two men. It's male-male mm-hmm. um, romance. And so, but it was, it was just a really lovely story and I really enjoyed it. Like, I just, and I really feel like, again, like, same thing, like, like, she, clearly she knows. They both know hockey. Mm-hmm. They know hockey. Um, and Is that also
1: a hockey book? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. Very hockey bookish. Um, they're, they go to hockey, they go to, like, hockey camp, um, and then there's like, um, one of them is going to go play for Detroit and one of them is going to go play for the Toronto Maple Leafs and Detroit and Toronto aren't super far apart, but there's like this tension there. Anyways, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. All right. So shall we do our top three hockey romances? Yes. Yeah.
1: You want to go first? Sure.
0: So I'm going to, and, and I'm I struggled with these because they're not backed up by my Goodreads rating. And and I, I would explain why. So for me, I've got The Deal as number one. Mm-hmm. And it's a four star for me. It's yeah, not it's a five. Me it's, too. Yeah. It's four star. But that was the book that introduced me to hockey romances. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have read all of the other hockey romances that I've read without The Deal. Because... And it was, like, it's a fun read. It's really interesting. It's laugh out loud funny. I really liked Hannah and Garrett. I really liked them. Yeah. Um. So that for me is number one. Number two is the Graham effect. And, and I struggled with this because the Graham effect is so good. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. so good. I loved it. Start to finish. Yes. Again. Yes. I just... Man, I love everything about Gigi. Like, her, like, love of butterflies and her love of... It was um, so unique. Like, yes! Yes! Yeah. Yes, she's such a unique person. Yes. And you get a feel that she exists as a fully, like, three-dimensional person mm-hmm. in the author's mind. Which I just, I, like, I just loved. And then, um, and then Always Only You, which is the first one that I read years and years and years ago by Chloe Lisi. It, it's, a uh, uh, the main character has autism. Okay. And uh, she manages the hockey team. And then it's a grumpy sunshine. Oh, I do love that. I love a grumpy sunshine. I love sunshine. grumpy sunshine. And she's the grumpy. Oh, and he's the sunshine. interesting. And he comes from this big family. And he's just, like, there for her. And he's just there to support her. Yes. And he's just, ugh, he's so nice. Anyways. <laughs> So those are my top three. What are your top three?
1: My top three, uh, obviously the Graham effect. I'm going to give top billing right there. You know what? That's good. I love Gigi. I love Luke Ryder. Oh, God, do I love Luke Ryder. Yes.
0: He's like Zayden. He's yeah.
1: <laughs> we all know how much I love Satan. Yeah. So I don't know what else to even say about it other than just, I loved it. I just loved it. I'm going to also say he's... Not my type, which is the one I just finished. I loved that he fell first in that one, and he, that he it was a, first. he was pining from a distance, and then when he finally got his shot, his friends were giving him horrible advice on how to take it, and it was backfiring but working. Somehow it, the blunders brought her closer, and it all worked out, which kind of also happened in the book prior to that. But it, it I don't know. He was so sweet. And this is the one who had lost his twin brother. So you mm. he, he knew his heart was broken. And she was the first thing that brought him back to life mm. after he lost his twin. And, again, no fourth act breakup in either of those. Oh, nice. So that was really good. It was a little too long, I think. I think He's Not My Type was a little too long. But I'm still keeping it on the list. Because um, it was great. Mm. I, re- I really enjoyed it. The last one for my top three... I want to say the deal, but I actually think I mean the score. <laughs> I, I loved Garrett and Hannah. I loved them. He was so fun and funny and had that cute college thing going outside the bedroom and then like smoldering heat and I love that bedroom behind scene. closed doors and a first loved. bedroom scene oh so it's good. A good the way he handled her trauma yes and I don't even think we've talked about that but she was a rape victim so she was obviously um had some sexual issues she needed to work through and he was so thoughtful yes and so considerate yes and I loved that. Yes. I loved that so much. But then I also really enjoyed everything about Dean and Allie's book. Yes. I really did. So maybe that's a tie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is awesome. Okay. So I think that that is the end of our episode. Um, We're going to try. We're new at this podcasting if it isn't totally obvious um we're going to try to include links to the books that we discussed in our show notes um and on instagram where you can follow us at romance round table if you are able to um give us a like or a follow or whatever it is that people subscribe like whatever it is that people do with these kinds of things um that would be awesome and we would super duper appreciate it
1: yeah until next time Until next time, keep reading. Yes.